How's everybody doing? Y'all okay? That good, huh? Stop talking. <laughs> I'm playing. How's everybody doing? We good? Some of you guys obviously are first-time guests, and for that, we welcome you. Um, we need to indoctrinate you into the culture really quick, okay? Um, we're going to do that uh, simply by me asking that question. I'm not even going to rephrase it. I'm going to ask it exactly how I just asked it. Um, and we're going to help some of you first-time guests by our VIEW family responding accordingly. How's everybody doing tonight? We okay? Great. If this is your very first time, um, my name is Jared. I get the privilege of pastoring our um, college and young adults here at City Hope Church. And on behalf of our pastors, our leadership, um, and especially the Mobile Campus, we want to say welcome. We're glad you are in the building uh, tonight. It's going to be a good night. Um, also, if this is your very first time, right outside at the square, we just want to get some information from you, get to know you just a little bit, and hopefully you can get to know us just a little bit. So we'd love to connect with you. So make sure if this is your very first time, you stop by on your way out. Uh, but anyway, let's just, let's jump in. If it's okay with you guys, we're just going to jump in. Is that good with you? I'm not really asking, so it is what it is. Um, we've been in a series called uh, Real Friends, loosely based off the Kanye song. Um, totally kidding. <laughs> if you raise your hand, get out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's been, so far, it's been a good series. Um, and I, I really feel like God's been speaking to me. And you know, as a pastor, when God is speaking to you through some things, um, it always preaches better. Uh, pastor KB, Pastor Chris Butts, who's also in the building right now, killed it. Week two, um, it was incredible. Fake friends. Um, forget the fake friends with my real friends. I mean, he, he literally preached a sermon off Drake's theology. It was, it was next level. I'm just kidding. Um, but week three was last week, and we kind of talked about um, when it's eventually time to lose friends. Some of us needed to make some decisions on cutting some ties with some friends that we had been in relationship with that God uh, had called us to kind of shift and focus our attention towards some people that are going to lift us up, encourage us in the things that he would have us encouraged. And this week, we're going to end this series and, and put a cap on kind of this thought of relationships as far as friends go uh, with the idea that in the Christian community, as believers, it's not our goal to, to make friends. Why? Because once you become a real friend, something that you understand is once you become a real friend inside of Christian community, what you really find is family. And we're going to talk about a theology of family as it pertains to believers and how this is one of the most fundamental and important things that we can have as a biblical, growing, healthy, life-giving community. I'm going to show you from God's word why it's so important that we say view as family and we don't stop saying it. That we show our friends that view can be family and we don't stop saying it. So tonight we're going to dive into that idea. If you have your Bibles, you know what to do. Hold them up. Hold them up. Just say, I got with me the key. 
Okay, boom, got you. Let's do it. Let's open it up. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to be jumping on the screen uh, for you. But I encourage you, bring your paper Bible. I say this every week. And some people are like, man, you really don't need to make people feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to make you feel good. Because if you don't have a Bible, you can come get a free one. I don't know how you can be, feel bad about that. I got a free Bible waiting for you if you need it. I just feel like there's something special on my Bible, paper Bible carrying people, Bibles that don't run out of ba battery type people. Um, Y'all know what it is to write and to have your own word. There's something about staying in the story. And when you have it, it's, it's important. So I encourage all of my young people, man, grab a Bible. If you don't got one, Pastor Jared will help you out. I want you constantly in the story. But we're going to be in Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, verse 46. Let's jump straight in. Here we go. <clears throat> we're talking about Jesus here. It says this. While he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and his brothers, this, this is Jesus here we're talking about, and these are his actual by birth, by blood, mother uh, and siblings. It says, while his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak with him, somebody said to him, behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, who is my mother? And, and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, everybody stretch your hand out to somebody you love. Stretch your hand out. Just stretch it out. Just wrap them up. If you came by yourself, just stretch your hand towards me. I love you too. Um, we'll find you a new boo. That's my freestyle for today. Okay. This is what Jesus said after stretching his hand. Behold my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister, and my mother. It's an interesting concept. We're going to kind of break it down today um, because most people read something like that and go, man, Jesus was really mean to his mom right there. Like, that seemed really disrespectful. She just wanted to holler at him for a second. Um, but Jesus was honestly trying to make a point that believers, believers, specifically believers in community, should feel a whole lot less like friends and look a whole lot more like family. If you're taking notes tonight, I want you to write this title. So the first week, it was called Make Friends. The second week, it was called Fake Friends. And we didn't even plan that. The third week, it was called Lose Friends. This week, it's called Fine Family. This week is called Fine Family. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We know that tonight is all about you. We know that we could do nothing were it not for your saving grace. And Jesus, we don't take that for granted ever. Lord, we love you. Bless you. God, we give you everything. We give you honor. We give you glory. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father. Tonight is about you. Let somebody hear your word and be changed. Amen. Everybody say it. Amen. Anybody ever been to a family reunion? Anybody ever been to a family? Okay. 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 Boom. 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 Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, I've only been one type I've only been to one type of family reunion, and that's black people's family reunion. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that, but there's a whole lot more than like two black people in here, but they were, they were just really loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I don't really know how, family, and I've only been married to my wife for not even quite two years just yet, so I'm sure I'll experience the other side uh, of, the, of the, 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 the road here soon. Um, but I've only been to one type of family reunion so far, and, and can I just be honest with you about my family's family reunions? They're wild. Like, um, it was the first time I found out that there were people in the world that eat chitlins, um, and it grossed me out, okay, because it's, it's pig and test. It's just na it's nasty. People eat it. It was the first time I saw somebody sucking on pig's feet. Um, it was also the first time um, I had to dance in front of people and got utterly humiliated. I mean, uh, I, I just can't. I, I, can, I have rhythm. I can snap my fingers, but I can't do the step. I just, I'm, I'm not a great There's a lot of things I found out at family reunions that were just incredibly interesting. And I've told this story before, but one of probably my favorite family reunions, being that it was a black family reunion, was this. I rode up to a family reunion. I was about 9 or 10, and I found out that there was about 20 people at my family reunion that didn't look like me, but it looked a whole lot more like Jackie Chan. Um, and it was, it, was, it was weird because I didn't know that we had Asian people in our family. And it's, hey, I'm, I'm okay with it because I'm like 1 16th Asian, as you can tell. Um, that's rude. Uh, but it was just interesting. Like, like family reunions are, in, you just find out, you find out you're related to that one lady who can't really cook macaroni that well, and you've asked her twice to stop making it, but she keeps making it, and y'all know who I'm talking about. You know you got that auntie. Don't play. Don't make the macaroni. You messed up Thanksgiving twice. <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this on the podcast. Uh, but, but there's just so many different things you find out at family reunion. It's, it's interesting to, to, to realize and to understand who you're related to. Has anybody ever tried those uh, websites where you can find out like your heritage? Have you ever done that? I've seen it on TV a bunch, but it looks like a scam. I'm not gonna judge anybody. Um, but at the same, it's just interesting uh, how, how much people, especially nowadays, are fascinated with finding out who their family is and who's inside of their family. And the reason why is because uh, families are this, this tight-knit group of people are supposed to be, some of you guys are like, you don't know my mom and daddy. Um, but families are supposed to be these, this, this tight-knit group of people that are there for each other no matter what. And it's interesting to go, thing, go to things like family reunions or meeting long-lost cousins or long-lost uh, uh, aunts and uncles and things like this who you realize that you're related to uh, and, and it's awesome until you have to see them the next year because they can't make macaroni. <laughs> but, but, but seriously, I, I love the, the concept of family because the, the, truth about, the, the, the truth about biblical relationships, the truth about Christian community, but also the truth just about life in general is something I want us to understand as we pick apart this idea of a biblical community that looks a lot more like a family. Here's the truth. You can choose your friends but God gives you your family. You can choose your friends, but God gives you your family. Uh, I grew up in church, and, and I loved uh, every minute of it until I actually had to go into service because it was boring. No offense. Um, but I, I grew up in church, and does anybody remember old school church where everybody was like brother this and sister that? Did anybody know like a brother Craig? Or a sister Mary Clarence? That's off Sixth Act 2. Okay. 
Do you remember, do you remember when everybody was like, brother, fill in the blank, and sister, fill in the blank? I, I, I miss that part. I'm going to be honest. I really do miss that part of church. Now, there's some things about old church that you can have, but I love that people were called brother and sister, and some people were like, oh, that just feels old school, but not to me, because growing up, I grew up in a, in a very diverse church, so there were all kinds of ethnicities, all kinds of, all kinds of uh, nationalities in this one uh, healthy, life-giving church, and it was, it was so foundational for me as a child to watch my dad walk up to a guy at the, at the car wash when I'm six years old and call him Brother Charlie, okay, Brother Charlie. You know Brother Charlie was not a real brother. He was Brother Charlie. Um, but it was interesting because I'm like, Dad, I didn't know I had that type of uncle. You know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I had to ask questions. He was like, wait, no, son, let me explain it. It's like, you know, okay, it's, hang on one second. Let me try um, but it was foundational for me as a child to watch as my family called people that weren't related to me necessarily by blood. It was, it was interesting because I got to watch us call them family. And, and I, I remember having grand, like 11 grandmas, and I didn't even know why. I call everybody Nana. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's Nana to me, right? But, but it was just interesting because church just developed into this really cool conglomerate of people that just loved each other no matter what. And everybody was brother. And sister, fill in the blank. And if we go back into the text, I really believe uh, that, that this is something that Jesus is trying to communicate here uh, to the disciples and to everybody who is around. The truth is he wanted us to understand that, yes, when we walked in here, we started as friends. We weren't believers in Jesus. We walked in here and we had all of our issues and we had this going on and we had all the things that separated us, right? We were different colors. We liked different things. We come from different backgrounds. But the truth is, when we jump into this family of believers, no longer are we real friends. Somehow, someway, we begin to find family. We begin to find a family. And, and tonight I want to talk about what a family should look like. We're going to explore uh, some ideas of what a family should look like. So if you're taking notes, here's my first point. Um, and and, and the, the, what, what we're going to kind of do is I'm going I'm to talk about a couple of things that come to mind when you talk about the ideal family. This is what it kind of should look like. The first thing that usually comes to mind when you say family to somebody usually is love, right? It's love. Some people are like, you don't know my family. Mine's like dysfunction. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's crazy. But usually, even when there's dysfunction, even when your family's crazy, you just love them. Anybody have like a crazy brother or sister that no matter what, you just still love them? Anybody sitting by their crazier brother or sister, you know? But, but I just, I think it's interesting that love is the first thing that comes to mind. The reason why is because love is one of the things that holds a family together. Love is one of the things that holds a family together. And as Jesus talks about uh, in this passage of Scripture when he says, uh, these are my brothers and these are my sisters, what he's saying is there should be no love lost between believers just as there's no love lost between families. There should be no love lost between believers in the same way there should be no love lost inside of a family. And, and, and anytime you talk about love, you can't help but to think, especially when it comes to like a mother uh, loving her kids or, or, or a father loving his kids. We, anybody like Harry Potter, what was the one thing that saved him from Voldemort, right? Lo true love. Sorry, I'm a nerd. I told you I like anime. I'm just weird, okay? I'm sorry. That's just me. Um, but we hear it all the time. It, even if you're not a believer, you, you've heard this before. What's the most powerful force in the universe? Love. We've heard that, right? It sounds so poetic. 
love is for the way you live. You know, like love, love is the most powerful force in the universe. We all know and we all understand that. But every time I hear it, I start to think, I'm like, that just doesn't really ring with me, right? Because love itself, just love, I think there's a better way to put it. I think there's a better way to put it. Love displayed is the most powerful force in the universe. Love displayed is the most powerful force in the universe. If you've ever heard somebody, especially intellectuals, talk about loving God, they're like, yeah, man, I just like love God. I, 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 love, I love God. And they, they don't say God, they say God. I love God. You ever hear Americans with an Australian accent say they love God? I'm like, who's God? I never met him. <laughs> I, mean, I know God. He's, he's a cool guy, you know. But you ask him, they're always like, man, I love, I love God. And you're like, okay, cool. And I, I, I'm weird. I like to call people out for no reason. So I'm just like, oh, yeah? Like, like how? And they're like, well, you know, the, the, the Bible says love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. So I just like send good vibes to God. Like, poof, good. Poof. That's love God. I'm saying, poof. I love you, God. Poof. Boom. Mm-mm. I love God. I love God. So it's easy for people like that to jump in a community like this and feel like they don't have to do anything but sit and receive. Why? Because they love God. They send him good vibes all the time. They can jump into a Christian community. They can jump into a a group of believers and just sit and be stagnant. Why? Because they love God. They love God. And it's always interesting when you, keep, when you keep reading the next part of the verse that they just quoted. You're like, oh, but I'm pretty sure in the same scripture Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. This is just important as the first one. And then like, oh, cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm going to try that one day. You know what I'm saying? But it's interesting because I don't think that Jesus put this uh, in in the Bible back to back on accident. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And then he said, the second is just as great as this one. He says, love your neighbor just like you love yourself. And the reason why I think that Jesus put them back to back is because he wanted you to know that the most important thing you can do in your life is you love God. That's the number one most important thing you can do in your life. Nothing else matters besides loving God. But check this. The most important and the best way you can show that you love God is not by doing your devotion and meditating and sending God good vibes. The best way you can show God you love him is to love his people. The reason why Jesus put those back to back is because he wanted people to understand that if you really want to say you love God, you're going to have to love some people first. Anybody like Tom Brady in here? Anybody like Tom Brady? Get out. Get out. You can leave. That's why he lost. Case Keenum, Texas boy, ain't worried about it. Um, put your hand down before I kick you out the church. Uh, uh, but, but, but what position does Tom Brady play? Quarterback. Boom. Somebody said it. Quarterback. Somebody watches sports. Um, he plays quarterback. And they say that quarterback is the most important position on the football field. That's why guys with no talent like Blake Bortles can get paid like $250 million, right? Because the quarterback is the most important position on the football field. And here's the reason why. It's pretty logical. It's because as a quarterback, you can move the ball faster and longer than any other position on the field. Like running backs, you can have a 100-yard run, but you're going to be watching that thing for a long time. It's like... Oh, 
He's still going. Okay, cool. Boom. But in football, Tom Brady can drop back. Boom. And it's a touchdown within seconds. The whole crowd is going nuts. Not every time. That's why he lost. <laughs> you don't get it. I have a mic, right? Uh, <laughs> quarterbacks are incredibly important because they can move the ball faster and longer than anybody else on the field. They can throw the ball on the field and make touchdowns happen. That's why they say the quarterback is the most important and the most powerful force on a football field. But what's a quarterback without a receiver? What's a quarterback without a receiver? You know what it is? What, what, what Tom Brady had a lot of in the Super Bowl. Incomplete pass. <laughs> An incomplete pass. Well, check this out. Love without a receiver isn't a powerful force. It's just an incomplete pass. What you need to understand is, if, is, is, is that if your love doesn't have somebody that it's targeted upon, it's not love. It's just a thought. And if our believers in this room could understand that, a, that love displayed is the most important thing to have in this universe, I believe we'd unlock what we need to see revival in our city. If the believers in this room, the couple hundred people sitting right here, if we could understand that love displayed is the most powerful force in the universe, I believe we'd have the keys to a revival in our city. And one that looks like love. I wonder what would happen if you became the community of believers that looked a whole lot more like family and a whole lot less like friends. I just imagine what God can do through a family that looks like this. Second point. When you think about family, when we're exploring this idea of family, this is, this, this is kind of one of those things that always comes to mind. My dad grew us up. Anybody else's dad uh, talk about their last name like it was like a really big deal? Anybody ever, anybody's dad ever say, son, you're a Darby. Fill in the blank, son, you're a Johnson. Okay, you, you, you know, that's who you are. You better remember. My dad always talked about blood like it was a, it was a huge deal because it was. He wanted us to understand that we have to love our family. So the second thing that comes to mind when we're talking about a family, they jumped the gun too early. You revealed it. It's okay. I don't judge you. But the second thing that comes to mind when we talk about what holds, what, what bonds a family together is blood. It's blood. Your parents ever say the same blood that runs through my veins runs through yours. I love you. You are my blood. I love you. Love and blood. Those are two of the most important things when we're talking about family. And, and, and if you understand kind of what we, what we have here as a, as a Christian body of believers, you have to understand that blood is something that's super important even in the, in the things that we believe. If you go look at Ephesians chapter 2, this is what it says. This is what it says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. This is what it says. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were far off have been brought near. And it says, this is the Bible, it's saying that the blood of Christ brings you near. So here's what we believe 
as Christians, that when Jesus died, he died as a sacrifice for us. And what his blood did first is it saved us from our sins. But the second thing is that we got his blood and we were joined into his family. So those of us who are far off, you may have been on drugs, you may have been, been dealing with depression, you may have been doing all these different things, but when you receive the blood of Jesus, what happens is you who were far off are now brought near. That's what we believe happens. But I want to talk about another uh, part of what the blood can do in your life. See, I, 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 was, I was thinking about this message and I was kind of trying to understand and break apart what really makes a family. And I started to think about this, uh, this, this article that I read that was talking about like ancient civilizations. So there's some really incredible things that, that the ancient people used to do that blew my mind. One of the things they used to do, uh, especially in cities like Babylon, is they would build buildings and they were the first people that kind of discovered how to build a brick. So they were way ahead of their time. They were building bricks. But the cool thing is, if you look at what made up those bricks, they would actually, in the mix that, that made the cement, they would actually pour animal blood into the cement that made the bricks. Some of you girls are like, I'm getting squeamish. Don't. Uh, just stay with me, okay? Um, check this out. So they would pour the animal blood in there because what would happen is the blood provides as an adhesive inside of the mix. Is anybody else really afraid of, like, just scraped knees? I'm not talking about any other injury besides scraped knees. I don't know why, but scraped knees really scare me. I'll break my arm. I just don't want to scrape my knee. But have you ever had a wound or a cut that would open up and, and, and after a while the blood would begin to clot? Have you ever seen that before? The blood would be, begin to clot and it would begin to close up and, and, it, and it held things together while the skin and the tissue formed back around the, 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 the wounded area. The same agents that cause the clotting are the same agents that help build the bricks. You're still not with me, are you? Check this out. The blood of Jesus wasn't just sent to save you. It was sent to bond us. It was sent to glue us together as a family. It was the blood that runs through his veins. The same blood that runs through his veins is the same blood that covers us all. And it's the same blood that can bond you and me alike. What we have to understand is we have the things that make up a family. Yes, we are supposed to love each other, but check this out. Look to your right. Look to your left. You see your blood. If you're a believer in Christ, you've been covered with the blood. That means we are connected. We're family. And I just saw a white guy look at the black guy and they giggled like, uh... But I don't know about you, but in a time like this where there's, there, 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 there are barriers because we look different, our colors are different, we dress different, we're interested in different things. You're from the country, I'm from the city, you're from this, you do this, I do that, you go to this school, I'll go to that school. In, in, in a point in history where the world is trying to create so many walls and so many barriers and so many things that are, that are supposed to stand in between us, I don't know about you, but I get encouraged when I hear that the blood of Jesus is the thing that's going to bring us all together. This is supposed to be family. This is supposed to be family. It's not supposed to feel like this thing we just come to on Thursdays and Sundays and we just kind of kick it. That's not what this is. You have to understand this. And this is something that my wife and I live, live by. A life well-lived can change somebody else's. As a matter of fact, a life well-lived can only be well-lived 
if it changes somebody else's. God has called us to be a family. But we're so stuck in this idea that we're supposed to walk into these doors and be an audience and be entertained by, by church and then call it a day and go back to our regular lives. The title of this series is Real Friends, but what I hope you find here at View is family. It's family. The thing that sets believers apart from anything else in this world is that we irrationally love people more than ourselves, or, or at least that's what it's supposed to be. I don't know a better picture of family than that. Anybody have a, anybody, you don't even have to raise your hand, but I know there's some people, statistics will tell you, who were raised by a single mom, watching her work multiple jobs, making ends meet, grinding, trying to make it happen. Sacrificial love makes a family strong. And I wonder what would happen if the people in this room understood the truth that love, love is the thing that's going to cause a revival in our city. This is a family. People ask me all the time, why do you say that? Why do you say view is family? I don't know, wishful thinking, right? I'm just so crazy enough to believe that if a group of young believers that looked as different as we look could come together and love each other, and find family. It'd be so contagious that we couldn't keep the doors open long enough. It'd be kids flooding in, people flooding in with broken hearts and broken spirits, wanting to be healed, wanting to see what makes you guys so different. How do you love so strong? God has called us not just to make real fans, but to find family. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We ask that in this moment you are moving. And we know, Jesus, that there's something in this place causing our hearts to stir. And I believe that it's the realization that the blood of Jesus is the one thing that connects us all. But here's what I want to ask. If there's somebody in here that doesn't know the saving power of the blood of Jesus, but you want to make a decision to follow Jesus for the very first time, if that's you and you're in this place, I'm going to give you opportunity. If you want to receive what we're talking about, if you want to see what that family should look like, you want believers to encourage you, to love you, and you don't have it, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand. Amen, and that's okay. That's okay. Because it's not an emotional decision. This is something that God needs to do in your heart. And it's a decision that you make. But if you're in this place and God is tucking on your heart, maybe it's for something totally different. I just want to pray for you real quick. If you're saying, you know what, I need that family. I need to find that community that you're talking about, Pastor Jared. I need to feel that family. If you want that, and you know that God is pushing on your heart to receive that. I just want you to put both of your hands out. You don't have to move. Just put both of your hands out. 
like you're receiving something. And I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray that you're moving in this place. God, I pray that somebody who needs your spirit is moving. Is moving in faith to find you. Jesus, I know that you have something incredible planned for every single person in here with their hands out. So I pray that you deposit in their spirit, deposit in their spirit the love of family. I pray that when time comes to respond after worship and our prayer team is here, I pray that they respond accordingly and your, your blood is working on their hearts and working on their spirits. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. God, you are in control. It's in your name we pray.